You're listening to the Gospel for Planet Earth podcast. Hey. hey, hey, Susie. Merry Christmas. Merry. Oh, what am I doing? I'm already grabbing my guitar. <laughs> Welcome. This is our first ever live broadcast of the Gospel for Planet Earth, and uh, it's Christmas time. You can see our tree, lovely tree. And I'm actually doing this in our PJs. Did you know that? I'm not in my PJs. Oh, right, I'm in my PJs. And uh, that's because um, I grew up in home church, and this is what home church is. <laughs> it is church in your PJs. I wish I'd gotten the memo. Yeah, well, maybe next time. But uh, you'll probably actually be glad in the end. So we're doing this <laughs> so that you guys can have higher quality. So we don't know what you're saying when you're commenting because we can't see the screen. We don't know what we look like. So uh, this is just... Uh, Fine by the seat of my PJ pants. Oh. So today, I'll just make up comments. Thank you. That's a good idea. This is actually going to be, well, you'll see how it all goes in the end. It's going to be a podcast, possibly. Um, if you don't know about our podcast, you can find out about it. You can look up uh, my name, Carl Gessler, with a K, K-A-R-L-G-E-S-S-L-E-R, on iTunes, and you can find it as a podcast called The Gospel for Planet Earth, which is also the blog, thegospelforplanetearth.com, which is really more than a blog. It's more like a theological journey. Does that sound interesting? You like that stuff? Yeah. Well, I do. Uh, so today, Susie, I'm just going to tell you what we're going to talk about, since I don't really tell you that until you get started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I don't uh, really want to know. I mean, until I get here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It doesn't uh, help me anyways. Right, right. Yes. Well, it probably helps you. Have, you have more to say and I have less to say because I haven't been prepared at all. It, it doesn't seem at this so moment you look that you smarter. have less to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, I know you've had a busy day. Susie's a busy mom and I'm a busy dad, but not quite in the same way because I'm out of the house. But uh, So we're just here a little frazzled today uh, and uh, getting our getting our act together. But uh, we we're going to talk about Christmas carols and the gospel and the way that, um, the way that music uh, affects the way we think of of the gospel, the way we think of um, what this whole uh, life thing is about. Uh, someone has said that um, um, musicians actually influence people much more than pastors and preachers do because people uh, listen to music; they kind of absorb it and take it in in uh, ways. Um, that are that you don't really think about, but it kind of just absorbs. It becomes part of who you are. It gets down into your mind and and uh, changes the way you think. And uh, Christmas carols do do that in a in a big way. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. So we're gonna start out with um, a couple lines from a very well known, um, very well known uh, Christmas carol called "Silent Night" or Sil- "Silent Nacht." go back to my German roots. As a matter of fact, I'm going to sing this first verse in German. What? Seilig nach, heilig nach, ein ist frei, mein ist dry. Okay, the truth be told, I actually don't speak German. Just make German. that up. Yeah, actually, but the first two lines actually are, were right. <laughs> yeah, it comes naturally to me. So let's try this again. Try not to distract me. <laughs> Silent night, holy night, all 
all is calm, all is bright around yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Oh, this puts me in the mood, you know what? Why don't you give me an early Christmas present? There's a nice one. Uh, there's oh, look at that! It's right there. Why don't you? Why don't you give me that Christmas present? This is Carl, so sweet. you're so cheesy. Or what? should I say, artistic? Well, uh, I'm gonna say I'll cheesy. Go th- <laughs> oh, okay, artistic. Whatever. So, uh, so um, yeah, it's very nice of you. Oh, look, you even brought my notes. <laughs> oh, it's a book about hymns. That's amazing. That's very timely thank you thank you're you welcome for that and oh look <laughs> wow i have a lot to say today so a little history <laughs> on Seilignacht. uh was written actually by a catholic priest actually i'm not that informed i know from this book here then sings my soul um, that it was written by a father in the austrian alps so father joseph moore and i assume he's catholic because was there anything else in the Austrian Alps in the 18, early 1800s? I don't think so. Not really. Not, well, actually, I may have just exposed my lack of historical knowledge to the whole world, but um, I, think just, it, I think it dominated, the Catholic Church dominates in, in Germany or Austria. Just make it up like you did with your song. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, so it was, um, I'll tell you what, it was written... Because the story is that Father Joseph was planning a Christmas Eve service and his organ was broken and they couldn't get it fixed in time. And so as he was getting ready for the night, he scrambled and wrote down some words to this song and he got his organist to play it on his guitar, which, you know, people, some people today actually have a problem with guitars in the church. You know, one, at one time in church history, the organ was controversial. But I was reminded as I'm telling the story of a book called Dick and Jane that I used to read when I was a kid. It was like a learn you to read. You read that? Yes. I never read that as a kid. Well, maybe you should have tried something easier to start with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in, this, in Dick and Jane, I remember this story where their kids are driving around on their new bike. Mm-hmm. And the little girl has a little uh, stick horse that she rides around. Mm-hmm. And the kid's bike breaks down and she says, get yourself a horse. And so whenever your organ breaks down, there's always the guitar. And it's, sometimes it's like, you know, maybe you just shouldn't try so hard. Just stick with the guitar. Maybe the guitar has precedence over the organ. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe we should just get our kids stick horses instead of bikes. Well, actually, I don't to. really believe any of that. But it's an interesting point <laughs> since I'm a guitar player. And uh, so anyway, it was written for guitar, which is why it's so easy to play on guitar. And uh, the next day, the, um, the guy came to fix the organ. I believe it was the guy who came to fix the organ who um, looked over the text and really liked it. And uh, it began to be spread around a family, the Strasser family, uh, which made um, gloves that, as a way to drum up business for their, um, for their glove selling business. They had their four children sing the song. But actually, they became famous folk singers and the song ended up being spread all over the world which is pretty interesting can um, i just say uh so so they uh he wrote it 
for the guitar. So obviously, at the time when uh, he was going to play it on the organ, the guitar was accepted. And no, he actually wrote the song for the service after the organ was broken. So he wasn't writing it with an organ in mind. It was right. his organist but wrote on guitar, wrote the music part. So if the organist wrote it for the guitarist, then... No, uh, no, he was the guitarist. He, uh, he was both. Okay. His name was uh, Franz Gruber, a very good German name, Franz. But I'm saying if he wrote it for the guitar, then obviously the guitar wasn't like looked down on to have in church in oh, those days. Oh, no, that's a good point. That Wow. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. But maybe it was kind of like, you know, uh, I mean, in a pinch. That's what you have to do. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of how some people see house church. But that's another topic for another day. Um, so let's just let's just scan over. We only sang the first line, but I'm going to read it again. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Now, does that teach us anything about Jesus? I'm afraid not. Uh, unless you can tell me something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not so much. Let's try. Let's try number two. Okay. Silent night, holy night. Shepherds quake at the sight. Glory streams from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Okay, that tells us something. He's born. He is born. Uh, and it assumes some titles there. Christ, Savior. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't do much to explain anything, does it? Well, uh, I'm heavens, leading these the questions. The heavens were excited. The heavens the were excited. were excited. True, true. Okay. Uh-huh. I don't know okay. where you're going with this, but go ahead. Okay, it's <laughs> number three. Silent night, holy night, wondrous star, lend thy light. With the angels, let us sing hallelujah to our King. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Have we learned anything? No, but I kind of stopped listening. Sorry. Ooh. Well, we're going to try one more time for those of you who are listening. Silent night, holy night, Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. He was Lord at thy birth, and he had beams in his face. Right. Let's start there. This is So let's just say this, too. I don't think that the song was meant to necessarily teach much. No. It was more... It's like and, uh, reflecting on the holy moment of him being born. Right. And it of was... Of God a, becoming a baby. Right. So it's, it's more, yeah, celebrating... Mm-hmm. Um, the peace, uh, really, I think it's celebrating the peace that Christ brings to our hearts now. It's really not telling us um, much. It's not really telling us anything about what the events of Christmas were about. Um, even though I think it may be trying to. Now, here are some of my issues. This is where the stock, if you've invested in Silent Night stock, this is where the stock is going to go down. But it's going to come back up. So hang on. Don't sell out yet. But so it says that um, you know this uh, all is calm, all is bright. Round young mer- virgin, mother and child, holy infants are tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Okay, one first thing. The Christmas, the actual Christmas night, the night Jesus was born, we're told almost nothing about in the Gospels. The one thing that we're told, um, I think both Luke and Matthew tell us this: that the shepherds 
um, were told that there that uh, Christ the Savior was born and they came to see baby Jesus that's it no magi no nothing uh, and uh, so um, that's not exactly silent angels um, singing uh, and then shepherds uh, you know strange shepherds coming to see your baby sleeping on the trough it's not exactly silent either but especially in Ma Matthew's gospel the big picture of Christmas uh, is not silent at all uh, as a matter of fact very almost immediately we're introduced to the magi who have seen the star that um, I forget the name of the star but it was considered to be uh, the royal star so they um, believed that uh, a king of the Jews had been born so naturally they went to the palace of the of the current king of the Jews Herod but no baby was there and um, Herod was not actually the rightful king of the Jews according to um, Jews who were faithful to Torah and who were waiting for God to bring about his promises to Israel the true king of the Jews would be someone from the line of David Herod was not from the line of David he simply was good at war and uh, the Romans put him in power so when the so when these strange men show up saying that a king of the Jews has been born looking for him and he's not in Herod's palace naturally Herod doesn't want a a revolutionary movement growing up to take his place and the Herods were particularly um, antsy about uh, losing their power probably because of the precarious way that they gained it but uh, so much so that either this Herod or the next one killed his own mother uh, so he goes out and kills all the children under all the boys under the age of two in the vicinity of Bethlehem that's not silent it's not silent or peaceful um, so, uh, and also this impression that um, Jesus is tender and mild and there's like, uh, he's sleeping in heavenly peace. Now this may sound extreme, but um, the impression I think that, the, that this verse as well as the whole song gives to us is one of Jesus seeming to be human. He's really a heavenly baby, kind of dropped... Uh, dropped into the world and and maybe he didn't cry some people think he didn't cry he never you know um he just was a perfect little baby and he slept in heavenly peace and radiant beams came out of his face now uh one of the heresies of in church history has been that people deny the deity of jesus that he's that he is god um but the other is that that he was truly human and um I could be wrong on this, but I believe it was Arian who taught that Jesus was not uh, truly human. Um, and it was St. Nicholas who slapped him in the face oh. because of his heretical oh. words. So old Santa Claus got up in his kitchen, swacked him in the face, and uh, and went to jail, actually, for that. Um, and uh, so just an interesting side note there. Um, but I, I think the song definitely gives that impression, um, this otherworldly, uh, the, this idea of Jesus being dropped down from heaven like laser beam. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't think there's really anything like wrong with that, though, because, um, yeah, he was fully man, but he was fully God. And uh, even, even if you aren't Mary, the mother of Jesus still as soon as you have a baby um, there is kind of a um, a pause 
in the in the af you know it's like an, it's, a, it's just like an afterglow moment. it's mm-hmm. it's this um like wow a baby <laughs> like it just it's here mm-hmm. and it's part of, it's part of my life and I'll never be the same again because now I have a baby I have a human being to take care of right um so you know there's just that kind of like a sweet reflection on on that birth but it's even sweeter because it's God himself and obviously these people singing these songs have a big picture of what that baby came to do mm-hmm. okay. I think though it's sometimes misleading for us beca- uh, when we say that Jesus was God uh, because uh, especially in this case where we're trying to kind of defend some of the language used to describe Jesus as um, which is kind of otherworldly saying well he was God he is God um, we have many times, almost always, I think, we have an idea of who God is uh, already. You know, usually he's kind of an old white, uh, old white man with a big white beard on a cloud somewhere. And that we say that being came, compressed himself and put himself into Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's the wrong way of going about it. If we do that, we'll always have the wrong God in mind. It was that Jesus himself was defining who God is you know then and we kind of have to get rid of that other other picture and look at Jesus Jesus was God himself returning to his people Israel and that's kind of my uh beef with the song is that uh and, and along with a lot of other Christmas uh, carols is that you could take this song um and talk about a Jesus that's completely uprooted from history from the Israel-specific context that he was born into. And it's just kind of like you could have just said Jesus could have been born at any time in history and in any place, and it would have meant the same thing. And that does great damage to what actually was taking place uh, in um, in the Christmas events. You know, that Jesus was born at a particular time in history into a particular context, and that context matters for understanding who he is and hence who God is, because, uh, you know, as, as uh, the Gospel of John says that um, no one has seen God at any any time, but Jesus has explained him to us. And so um, uh, it's, I think, especially in our culture, which is in the habit of separating religion from everyday life, like you kind of do your, you do your normal life, and then you have your religious part of your life, which is this kind of compartmentalized, usually very small section of your life. Or when you have emotional, spiritual needs, some people do yoga, some people go to church. And then the rest of the time we vote, we pay our taxes, we work, we um, you know, watch our TV shows, whatever. It's completely separate. And uh, the Christ- if Christmas is really going to be meaningful, and if we're really going to do what people are always saying we should do keep Christ in Christmas I think we really need to go back to that uh, historically rooted Jesus the Jesus of time and history you know deeply rooted in real time history and um, so I would like to see kind of a uh, us taking some of these old songs Away in a Manger is another one which we won't talk about tonight but um, take these songs and maybe add some verses or change some verses uh, that would give a little bit more depth. Um, so what would you add to Silent Night? 
Well, if I if I knew that, I would have already done it. At at this point, I may have something in the future, but. Uh, um, do you like the song Silent Night? I do. So this is where I think okay. we'll, why don't we, I'll show you where yeah. I think the stocks go up. Yeah, let's bring the stocks up. Okay. So, yeah, just downer. If we don't want a downer at Christmas. Right. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> so we, uh, last year we were having this discussion with um, some folks at our church because Silent Night is always, it's kind of demanded to be sung traditionally. Um, and someone said it's not really uh, I don't know remember what they said exactly like it wasn't theologically correct or whatever and so the next day or uh, I was at the rescue mission I think that's for you I was at the not the rescue mission I was at the uh, nursing home uh, singing some Christmas carols for uh, some older folks there and because of that conversation and I guess because I'm a purist I was avoiding playing th that song the Silent Night uh, but I eventually ran out of Christmas carols, and I began to sing it. And the whole room, whether the people were right in their mind or not, they all, everyone recognized recognized it, remembered it, and joined in singing. And it was really an amazing moment. I, I felt the presence of the Lord, and um, it was really uh, pretty incredible because people know it. And I think the the power of the song is that it does reflect the peace that Christ brings to us. Like for me, it's not yes. really about the original yes. Christmas events. It's events. It's more that at Christmas time, I reflect and am thankful that Jesus is in my life, mm -hmm. bringing me peace. And uh, so um, that it, that so that's what, where the stocks go up. And then uh, on top of that, there's a, a a story about I think it was World War One, where um, the French and the Germans. Um, we're fighting now. I'm, <laughs> my history's all. I, I second guess my history whenever I'm doing this live, but uh, they were fighting, and it was all the younger soldiers. It wasn't the you know the leaders of the army and stuff. And it was Christmas Eve. They were in the trenches, and there was a truce over Christmas Eve. And that night, uh, they exchanged gifts, and um, I think the story goes that they. The, the French gave gifts to the to the Germans and the Germans gave gifts to the French and they sang Silent Night and celebrated Christmas together and I just thought that's that kind of um, embodies the gospel uh, you know the peace that Jesus brings kind of this strange way that of making enemies into friends and uh, hmm. so yeah I do think I think the song has um, a lot of value I just think when we're doing church services and and such that we need to be clear as to what we're saying, um, particularly when we sing songs like this, because uh, uh, Christmas can be, uh, especially Christmas services can be so ethereal, so uh, meaningless, you know. And as uh, I heard one man say, he was an atheist who came to a church service and he came up afterwards to the pastor and said, "I get it now." Uh, he said, "I know why." people love Christmas he says because a baby threatens no one and that's the impression he got that it's like oh this little this little baby you know everyone loves a baby <laughs> and uh, uh, but that's of course it obviously this baby threatened Herod enough to kill as many babies as he thought as until he felt comfortable that he had snuffed out the revolution you know and that that is what uh, Christmas is about it's about a revolution and uh, about a new king, about God himself coming 
to take up his throne and uh, and this is the emphasis for the gospel for planet earth that uh, that Jesus didn't come to show us the way to heaven he came to bring the rule and reign of heaven to earth to set things right again to um, to to bring peace on earth and goodwill to men uh, and um, he, he the way he had to do that was by fighting a battle so that reminds me of the last verse uh, in silent night which i think is one that probably maybe should be changed because he says jesus lord at thy birth uh and repeats it jesus lord at thy birth now i don't know what that what uh father joseph uh thought of lord when he said jesus was lord at thy birth um lord did he mean yahweh did he mean jesus was god at thy birth or did he mean jesus was king at thy birth um, I uh, because you could say yes, Jesus was Lord at thy birth. Uh, if you mean Yahweh, He was God at birth. But that doesn't really mean anything uh, uh, ex outside of the context. You know that Israel was waiting for God to return in order to do something, which was to set the world right again. You know, to set God's man. They didn't expect the Messiah to be the second part of the Trinity. They had no. Um, no idea like that. They expected the Messiah to bring about God's justice. He would be God's right-hand man who would uh, establish, he would put the bad guys down, he would raise the righteous up, as as Mary says in her um, praise when she's told she's going to have Jesus. Uh, she says, you have cast down the mighty and you've raised up the lowly. And, uh, you know, the Zach Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, celebrates saying, this means um, salvation for us from the hand of all of our enemies. This is the kind of salvation that they were looking for. And uh, I grew up thinking and hearing from my father and from uh, pretty much every teacher that I knew that they expected a physical kingdom and Jesus brought a spiritual one. But that is not not the case. Uh, um, Jesus, They were expecting a physical kingdom and Jesus brought it. But he did it in a way that no one expected. He did it in a, by being... Uh, crucified and uh, by turning the definition of power on its head um, and we still wait for the fullness of God's uh, redemption over the earth but he's already redefined the way human beings um, should define success and uh, and how to exercise power you know as a servant who uh, instead of grabbing grabbing taking everything for myself he gave himself uh, for the sake of the world, you know, to, to set the world right. So the Jews are waiting for, for God to come and become king. Uh, so Jesus, in that sense, was not Lord at his birth. He was to become Lord. Uh, and the probably the only time you could, the time you could begin to say of that was when Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, just as David was anointed uh, mm -hmm. The one that killed Goliath was anointed to be king, but it was three years of running from Saul before he actually sat on the throne. And Jesus had three years of ministry um, where he the 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 battle mm -hmm. he had to fight had not yet been fought. So um, in a sense he was king, but in another sense he had to prove it. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, so that's that's the story of Silent Night.